Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In Bloom Podcast, or welcome back. My name is Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast. And this week, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about something that I'm actually kind of just currently working through, currently working on, and that is how to actually slow down when you live a busy lifestyle and really just learning how to be okay with stillness and slowness, but also just really learning to prioritize it in your life just as much as you prioritize your other to-dos. I know that it is definitely a busier time of year or we're coming up on a busier time of year. It definitely depends on the person and what you have going on in your life. And when your job is busy, I know there's a lot of variables at play, but I would say generally speaking, if we're wanting to sort of coin a busy term time of year, I personally think everybody is mostly busy summer and then the holiday season. And the holiday season, you know, everybody's kind of traveling. You're also just balancing the holidays. I feel like there's usually a lot of weddings. I know at least I have a lot of weddings I'm going to and then my own wedding. And there's just a lot going on. And you're also doing that on top of your normal responsibilities. So on top of also trying to enjoy the holiday season, there's just a lot going on. So I figured this episode could be helpful as we sort of enter the holiday season here very, very soon. And all of this is kind of advice that I am giving to myself and me sitting down and planning this episode was so beneficial for me because I was able to really just be intentional and honestly kind of set these intentions and goals for myself as we go into the holiday season, as I go into my last two months of being a fiance and my last two months of wedding planning and really just soaking this time up as much as I can because honestly this is my favorite time of year and I just the kind of butterflies I have for it almost being my wedding day it's just so special and it's kind of just something I want to soak up as much as possible and I don't want to mask all of those amazing feelings with keeping myself busy and overbooking myself I really just want to be able to soak up as much of this time in my life as I possibly can because I truly feel like I've blacked out the last year and just with the busyness of moving um, into our home this time last year and the process of buying a home on top of busy season at work and taking on new things at work that were outside of my comfort zone there were just so many things that happened in the last year and then on top of you know wedding planning and other things going on as well and managing what I have to manage day to day. I just feel like I've blacked out over the last year and there's just things that happened last week that I can't even remember or conversations I've had two days ago that I don't remember and I constantly find myself saying, you know, I feel like somebody talked to me about this but I don't really know if I'm imagining it or making that up or I can't even remember who it was with that I had the conversation and it's just... A lot and I know that when I get that way and I'm like I don't remember a lot and that kind of thing it kind of is an indicator that I haven't been very present and I haven't been slowing down enough to soak up the moment so this episode is a reminder to myself and advice to myself as much as it is um, a, as a goal to be helping you all as well but before we get into it I do want to start with the quote goal and gratitude for this week but I'm actually going to be doing a favorite instead of gratitude this week just because I wanted this what or no, what did I just say? I want to do a favorite instead of a goal this week. That's what I meant to say. I don't know what I, I see. I don't even know what I just said, but I want to do that because I just want to switch things up. I really don't want to set a goal for this week because it's just one of those weeks where I just, I feel like I've had a very productive week this week and next week I just want to focus on being present. So that's kind of my goal, but at the same time, don't really want to set a goal. You know what I mean? But anyways, my 
quote this week is from Pinterest and it says, finish something, anything. Stop researching, planning, and preparing to do the work and just do the work. It doesn't matter how good or how bad it is. You don't need to set the world on fire with your first try. You just need to prove to yourself that you have what it takes to produce something. There are no artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, or scientists who became great by half finishing their work. Stop debating what you should make and just make something. I absolutely love this quote because I am such an analysis paralysis girly through and through I overthink the living crap out of things and it's so funny because I'm actually going through a training right now at work that's called it's like our our new senior program so basically anybody who has recently promoted the seniors goes through this three-day training and they're we're using like the tracom system I guess it's t-r-a-c-o-m if you want to look it up um and you kind of figure out your like social style and everything and it's basically a training program for soft skills basically for us becoming seniors and you know learning to delegate and like manage people and manage upwards manage downwards that kind of thing and I learned that my social style is analytical and kind of the core essence of being an analytical or having the analytical style is your need is to be right and I definitely find that in my life my need to be right is definitely over prioritized in the sense that I will literally not do something if I don't think I can do it right the first time and that causes me to have those analysis paralysis situations where I'm just overthinking and trying to have everything perfectly aligned and the stars perfectly aligned before I dive into something and each of the social styles has a growth action which is basically the action that you need to take to sort of get yourself you know out of your comfort zone and to grow outside of your style that you're kind of defined by and the growth action for the analytical style is to declare so you know to actually just make decisions and to declare things and that's something that I am not comfortable with in the workplace I definitely am somebody who likes to you know do my thorough research and make sure I'm right before I just you know say to do something and The analytical style is definitely just very cautious in general. But this quote I think I love so much because I am such an analytical person. So this is just a good reminder for me that I really love the sentence, you don't need to set the world on fire with your first try. You know, the first try doesn't have to be this groundbreaking, innovative thing. And you don't have to get it 100% right on the first time. You don't have to get it 2% right on the first time. You can get it completely wrong. But doing is more beneficial to you than sitting and thinking about doing and not actually making any progress because the more you just sit there and think about doing something you're just putting off the benefits that you could receive from going ahead and trying it right away and the lessons you could learn by trying it right away so I just really liked that quote this week and my favorite this week is almond butter almonds from Trader Joe's I just wanted to share a favorite this week like I said because I just wasn't really in the mood to like set a goal for the week and I have been absolutely munching on Trader Joe's almond butter almonds and I'm saying that as somebody that doesn't even really like almonds I never eat raw almonds by themselves and I like if they're in a dish I typically will ask for the dish without them unless it's I don't know maybe not so much anymore I used to but I've kind of expanded my palate I guess you could say and I'll deal with them now because I do find that they can enhance a dish sometimes but with all that being said I'm just not really an almond person it's probably my least favorite nut and the almond butter almonds from Trader Joe's are so freaking good we but I have to say putting them in the fridge makes them 10 times better I don't know what it is but 
putting certain things in the fridge just makes them taste so much better. And almond butter almonds from Trader Joe's are one of those things. And my fiance and I have been absolutely loving them. This morning before work, I had to run the Whole Foods to drop off some Amazon returns. And my Whole Foods is right across from my Trader Joe's. So I bopped across the street the Trader Joe's right afterwards to get some more of the almond butter almonds because we ran out yesterday. And I was like, I need more because we just ran out yesterday. So that's my favorite this week. And my gratitude this week, I am so thankful for my past self for picking the wedding dress I did. And I'm also so thankful that I don't have to get a lot of alterations done for my dress because I literally like 30 minutes before recording this episode just got home from taking my dress to the alterations place and I don't I I was so relieved when I tried it on when it came in like the mail to the place where I bought my dress in Florida when it came in I put it on and I was so thankful because I realized I wasn't going to need any alterations in the body or anything and I would literally only need hemming and then I put on my shoes that I finally got because I've had the hardest time finding a pair of shoes and I ended up just saying screw it I'm gonna buy the more expensive pair and more expensive for me is $300 as compared to like a hundred and I'm so thankful I bought the more expensive pair because seeing them with the dress I'm so glad I didn't settle with the pair of shoes I already owned that would have truly been settling and not getting something that I really wanted with the dress and I wanted to use something I had to just like save money but none of the shoes I had really looked right and then I was ordering pairs that were you know around a hundred dollars and they still weren't really looking right like it looked like they just did not belong with the dress and it it kind of like your you would your eyes would literally if you saw them next to each other you'd be like what's going on here with most of the shoes I was trying because the coloring was off or the detailing was just too much and it was just this whole thing so then I found a pair of shoes and I was like I think these will actually literally be perfect with my dress and there's not another pair of shoes out there that could be as perfect as these shoes are for my dress so I ended up getting them and I'm just so thankful I did because putting them on with the dress today I literally had tears in my eyes because I was just so thankful that everything finally came together after months of trying to figure out the shoes and just being so thankful that I literally only need half of an inch of hemming done because I've had friends get married and I've also just heard the stories of people who have, you know, got their dress in the mail or got their dress wherever they got it and needing, you know, thousands of dollars worth of alterations done. And that was my worst nightmare. And I knew I wouldn't have to do that much once I tried on the dress for the first time when it came in because, you know, the people at the dress store were like, no, you don't need anything done in the body. You truly just need it hemmed. So I'm just really thankful that I didn't have to do that much because, It just saves me a lot of money in the long run. It's literally $90 for me to get the alterations done that I need done. And I'm just so thankful for that. And I am just really grateful that I really went with my gut and chose a dress that was in alignment with what I actually wanted for myself and not something that was, you know, to wow other people or to fit in with trends. I am just so happy with my choice because putting it on today with the shoes I, it just felt so right. You know, that, that feeling in your gut that it, everything about it is just right. And it just felt so good to finally feel that way because I was feeling so iffy about my shoes and I had settled on a pair I already owned and I was planning on using those. And then last minute, you know, I found those, um, sh- th- these other shoes I got and they came in the mail really quickly. And when I saw them, I was like, yep, these are the ones. And I just, 
I don't know. I'm just so thankful because I know that it could have been a lot worse and um, I could have, you know, been spending a lot more and I'm just very glad that I don't have to. But let's go ahead and get into the episode. So like I kind of already alluded to earlier in the or in the earlier in the episode, recently I really haven't been prioritizing rest as much as I should be because things have just been very chaotic because of work and wedding planning's really been kicking in the high gear and all that stuff and it's really just led to burnout that has kind of caused me to freeze up and not be able to do anything and I hate when I get this way because it's that feeling of I physically can't feel like I can't do a single thing right now but I have so many things I need to be doing but you're just stuck and frozen And for some reason that I probably need to unpack in therapy, honestly, I'm actually somebody that's very highly motivated by high pressure and stress. So with that, oftentimes I unintentionally and sort of subconsciously create stress in my life by overbooking myself or being overly ambitious with my to-dos because I know that I can trust myself to get things done in a high stress environment that, you know, everybody responds to stress differently. Some people thrive with stress and I unfortunately am one of those people and I kind of want to undo that in a way. And there are people who retreat when, you know, they're confronted with stressful situations who sort of just kind of, you know, retreat and don't want anything to do with it and turn from it. There are people who freeze in stressful situations. I'm somebody that definitely thrives in stressful situations because I, and when things are very fast paced, I tend to do well for the most part, depending on what it is. But if I was better at being intentional with rest and slowing down though, I would be so much more aware of the moments where I am subconsciously putting things into overdrive and I could in turn stop myself from pushing myself too hard and too far before it's too late and I burn out and I think that really this all boils down to intentions and awareness because you have to be aware of when you're in high stress situations and if they're a self-imposed high stress situation or not and you really have to set intentions so that you plan to slow down and rest instead of only prioritizing it when your other to-dos are done and when you have pockets of free time Because at the end of the day, if you're a high-functioning person when you're under stress, you're likely going to rely on that precedence of knowing that you can function in that environment, and you'll never do anything to force yourself to slow down unless you set intentions for it ahead of time. So here are the ways there are five things that I'm sort of focusing on being intentional about so that I can slow down and keep myself from reaching those breaking points where I feel like I'm frozen or I just have hit a wall or I'm chronically burnt out. So the very first thing is to multitask less. And I know that this is probably like, eh, what are you talking about? Because I definitely am a chronic multitasker, but it's not something really to be proud of because this really puts my brain in the overdrive and definitely lends itself to much quicker burnout. And I truly do think that there is a time and a place for multitasking. There are some tasks that absolutely you can multitask on. Like there are some things that I do at work in my job that I can multitask in the sense of, oh, I can watch TV or listen to a podcast while I'm doing something. But then there are other things where I absolutely would never even try multitasking with. But then there's a lot of things that I multitask I find when it comes to content creation and then working on that kind of stuff. I multitask in that area a lot. And 
it just really makes my brain feel fried because multitasking at a variety of times throughout the day for many different things is going to leave your brain feeling drained, especially after cumulatively so many days of doing it. And multitasking isn't only hindering the efficiency and effectiveness of our brains, it actually in the long run can impact our mental health. And I wanted to look into that a little bit when I was planning this episode, and I did find an article from the National Library of Medicine. And they in the article, they found significant positive correlations between media multitasking and anxiety and depression. And the article said media multitasking, anxiety, and depression were negatively correlated with attention focusing while positively correlated with negative information attention bias. And the positive correlation with negative information bias is very fascinating to me because according to the article, it proposes that media multitasking may serve as an avoidance-oriented behavioral coping strategy to divert attention away from unpleasant information, which aka, I guess you could say, is using multitasking as a coping mechanism to turn away from focusing on anything uncomfortable, which is totally something I think that I subconsciously do from time to time. And media multitasking is really talking about the multitasking between different forms of media and devices in a way, which I think is what most of our generation is probably guilty of doing, which I know I definitely am. I will be, you know, editing something on my phone, like editing a reel, for example, while also, you know, I'll have the TV on watching something with my fiance or I'll be watching a YouTube video or I'll be in the middle of editing something like editing a video on my computer and then I pick up my phone, but then I get distracted on my phone and I start editing a reel and that kind of thing, if that makes sense. So really multitasking just is, it can be good in certain situations and there's a time and a place for it, but too much multitasking is not a good thing. And I'm definitely guilty of multitasking in moments where I should be present. And what I think of most is at home during meals. I am very guilty of, you know, trying to, edit content on my phone or respond to DMs or comments, etc. when I'm sitting there eating dinner or eating lunch with my fiance. And that's time that could be intentional time where I'm being present with him. And I, it's not just me, you know, like he typically likes to watch um, a show or sports or something while he's eating. So it's kind of something we both do, but it's kind of, I think it's more so because it's at the end of our day with dinner and we're just trying to kind of unplug for a moment and then we'll typically come together and you know talk to each other and talk about our days and everything but that is a moment that we could you know be more intentional about and get more out of it but we're both you know too busy multitasking and at work I'm sometimes guilty of immediately stopping what I'm doing to respond to a ping that somebody sent me or an email that somebody sent me etc when I should just first get to a stopping point and then tend to the message or the email because I'm decreasing my overall efficiency and effectiveness when I'm bouncing back and forth between things like that but honestly a lot of times the nature of my work requires that bouncing back and forth unfortunately and that's just how it is but I am I do find that there are times at work when when I am bouncing back and forth, I'm like, you know what, this just absolutely ruined my workflow on this other thing I was doing. And now I need to get back in that kind of zone for that other thing I was working on. But ultimately, I think we can all agree that multitasking just creates more stress and really just makes you bear a larger mental load that you wouldn't otherwise be taking or feeling if you were just focusing at one task on at hand. 
And it also helps mitigate future stress that often results from forgetting details or forgetting to do something and then panicking and having to make up for the mistakes as a result of when you were multitasking in the past. And it just creates a lot of unnecessary mental clutter that really can make your brain feel so exhausted so fast. And I think that this is one that I'm really, really trying to prioritize and focus on because especially with wedding planning, I'm finding myself, you know, responding to emails or just jotting things down in my notes. And I'm doing that while I'm in the you know middle of a conversation with my fiance or while I'm in the middle of editing a YouTube video. And that constant kind of ping in my brain of the back and forth being that way all day long almost and even if it's not all day long even if it's just a few times over the span of a day it adds up day after day and it makes I can tell my brain just feels so much more drained when I'm more engaged with multitasking as opposed to you know focusing on one thing at a time and the next thing is to prioritize saying no as much as you say yes and as a people pleaser it often feels like saying yes is our only option And we put so much value in saying yes to as many people and as many things as possible. But if we just copied that same energy to ourselves and said yes to ourselves as much as we do to others, and remember that behind every single time we are saying no to someone or something, we're often saying yes to ourselves at the same time. So for example, saying no to doing something that you don't have the time or energy for at the end of the week is you're still saying yes to your, but you're saying yes to yourself by honoring what your needs are in that moment, which may be rest or alone time, etc. So, you know, if you feel so bad about saying no to somebody, if you remind yourself and focus on the fact that you're also saying yes to yourself when you're saying no to something or somebody else, it may help you feel a little bit better and not take so much of a mental and emotional load on when you are turning somebody or something down and this is one that I'm trying to focus on for sure because I definitely I think of this for the the main example I can think of is with work I used to just say yes to everything that people presented to me they're like can you pick up this client can you help out with this can you do xyz whatever it was and I would just say yes to everything because I felt like I had to But at each time I was saying yes to something at work, I was saying no to myself because I didn't really want to do 99% of the things I said yes to at work. I just felt like I had to because I was a new person and I had to do what my job says or what people are asking of me. When in reality, other people are saying no, I could have said no. And each time I was saying yes, I was saying no to prioritizing myself. And all those times I said yes, a lot of them ended up in me going way above and beyond what I needed to for my job and not getting anything really in return from the job. Um, You know, I may have gotten some intrinsic value from it, but nothing really extra from the job in terms of recognition or pay or anything like that. And that was me saying no to myself. You know, I was taking time outside of my normal working hours to do things that I didn't have to be doing because I said yes to doing them. And as a result, that was me saying no to myself because I was taking away time from my own evening that I could have been spent doing something I enjoy. And just remember at the end of the day that how you live your life is a result of your schedule, not somebody else's. So, you know, you can say yes to a trillion bajillion things that other people are asking of you or things that, you know, you feel like you need to be doing. But at the end of the day, that's you're living your life really not for yourself and you're putting all these things on your schedule that aren't in alignment with what you need or what you want at the end of the day and I'm not somebody that's like 
don't take anything from anybody. I think that there are times when you do need to help people out. It's just kind of your moral responsibility as a hopefully good human being to help people out even when you get nothing in return and to do the right thing. And, you know, that's more of an ethical and philosophical argument, I guess you could say. But ultimately, generally speaking, I think that our generation, just the Gen Z people and, you know, maybe the younger millennials. And I just feel like there's a lot of selfishness. But while I do agree with, yes, you need to be selfish with your time and with a lot of things, especially when you're young, because it's your time to be selfish. That doesn't mean you literally are a jerk to a ton of people or to everybody and you never help anybody out. And you literally only do things that benefit yourself because life is about, you know, everything in life is going to be a split and a balance and there's going to be times where you feel like you're giving 80% to something or somebody and you're not really getting much back and then there's going to be times where you only have 20% to give and that other person or that other thing has to be giving the other percent back you know what I mean I so when I say you know oh um saying yes isn't your only option you can say no say no more Yes, that is very important. And I mainly am meaning this for the people who say yes just as a reflex. You know what I mean? The people who don't even think twice before just saying yes when somebody asks them to do something or to help them. Because at that point, you're saying yes as a re- – if you're saying yes as a reflex, you, you are not even taking your own needs into consideration for a split second. And I am definitely somebody that reflexively says yes. And I'm trying to undo that and, you know – help where I can and just really prioritize what I'm saying yes to because there's some things at work where I will say yes to them because I'm like you know what this this could be beneficial for me but then there's things that I've learned that if I say yes to this it puts so much more extra crap on my plate that I just quite frankly don't have the time for and I get nothing out of it nobody cares if I do it you know what I mean so things like that when I realized that in hindsight I'm like okay now I know going forward, maybe it's more beneficial for me to say yes to these types of things and say no to those types of things. Just so you can get more of an idea of you know what you need to prioritize in order for things to be in alignment with you and the way you need and want your life to be and what your schedule want your schedule to actually exhibit. So I really have found that important for me to practice at work especially, but I think a lot of people struggle with this in their social life too, just overbooking themselves socially, you know, trying to keep up with everybody all the time. You're never going to be able to do that. You're going to have, you really just have to accept as an adult that social life, it's just a completely different ball game, and, you know, you're not going to see people probably as frequently as you want to, and you're also probably going to see some people more than you want to, and it's just it's hard to find that balance and you know you have to truly put in so much effort and you have to you know really because we all have little to no extra time in our weeks because of how much you know our jobs demand of us and everything like that it's so important for us to really be careful with what we say yes to you know you can overbook yourself socially so so quickly so it's important to, you know, say yes to those things that you feel like are valuable experiences for you and the other person. And it's not something that you're going to leave feeling like, why did I just spend, you know, two hours doing this that nothing really came of it or this was just, you know, senseless, whatever. And sometimes you're going to do things and they're going to feel that way, but 
maybe not laid it on the road, you'll be glad that you did that. So it's kind of a, it's an interesting point because it truly is all about, you know, kind of prioritizing what you say yes to. But sometimes you'll say no or you'll say yes to something and you'll wish you would have said the opposite. So it's just life. (laughs) But ultimately, if you're a people pleaser and you reflexively say yes, you need to start prioritizing saying no as much as you prioritize saying yes. And the next thing is to schedule slowness. If you're anything like me, you prioritize resting and intentional slowness last out of your priorities. And you wait until you've either finished your to-dos or until you have free time or find free time to slow down. And this just doesn't foster a healthy work-life balance and it isn't conducive to slowing down your lifestyle and prioritizing rest in general. For me, the only thing I found that works in my current phase of life is to literally schedule the slowness. I have to put it on my calendar and put it as a to-do as much as I do any other regular to-do or chore or working or appointment because slower activities that help me rest and recharge, I know they exist and I know I need to do them, but my to-do list is never done. You know what I mean? And I don't think anybody says. I'm not sitting here saying, I'm so busy, my to-do list is never done. No, it's never done, but I know that that's probably the case for 99% of people. You know what I mean? Like our to-do list, as soon as we cross something off, we think of something else to add and that's just the nature of it. So imagine how burnt out you get when you're literally only letting yourself rest when your to-dos are done, when there's probably only like a span of 30 minutes once a month where your whole list is cleared. You know what I mean? And I have to really prioritize scheduling it because otherwise I won't do it since my nature and what I do out of habit unfortunately is to wait until I finish my to-dos or wait until I find free time and that ultimately just obviously leads to burnouts and not feeling rested at all because I'm not doing it near as often as I should be when that's the way I'm prioritizing it and I'll just never take the time to rest because there's just always a million things for me to do at any given point just like I'm sure there are for you all and there's always something else that I could be doing but you have to get comfortable with resting even when there is work that still needs to be done it's really hard for me to mentally feel at peace when I'm doing slower activities or hobbies such as watching tv because I have a hard time getting comfortable with stillness when I know that there are so many other things that I need to be or I could be doing So this really means for me to prioritize and schedule slowness, I have to choose activities that align with this knowledge of myself that I struggle allowing myself to truly rest and recharge because I can't take my mind off the fact that there's a lot I still need to do 99% of the time. So this means choosing and scheduling activities that require my mind being mentally engaged somehow so that I'm not dwelling on the many other things that I need to be doing when I'm trying to rest. And activities that are mentally engaging for me, but they're restful, are things such as reading or painting or coloring or cooking or baking, playing a video game with my fiance. We every now and then get and go in these little phases where we like to play like Mario Kart together for like 30 minutes or an hour. And it's so great because my hands are occupied. So I'm not going to sit there and doom scroll on my phone, but also I have to be attentive to the video game I'm playing, obviously. So I'm not going to be sitting there, you know, thinking about the fact that I need to finish editing this video or I pick up my phone to respond to emails or something like that because I'm fully engaged in that activity that I'm doing. And watching TV sometimes works for me, but a lot of times I find myself multitasking or not feeling very mentally rested once I'm done watching TV because I can't really turn my brain off while doing so, like I said. 
And it's also important and helpful to know what kind of a rester you are and how you feel most recharged from what type of rest and how I rest and recharge is different from how you rest and recharge. And my therapist really helped me realize that I was an active rester or I am an active rester and encouraged, she's really has encouraged me to accept that rather than trying to change it to fit, you know, probably the stereotypical definition of rest, which I think a lot of people when they think of resting, they think of not really doing anything, kind of sitting on the couch, watching TV, that kind of thing. But for me, I, I like doing things that I'm very engaged in still, especially mentally and even physically sometimes. Like I think yoga is very restful and other people would think that that's like too engaged to be restful. So everybody's totally different, you know, with how they prefer to rest. I'm just somebody that recharges a lot better when the form of rest is more active and my mind is a little bit more engaged. Like reading is something that truly makes my mind feel a lot more rested because I'm fully taking myself out of my reality and putting myself into the reality of something else. So, you know, I can't be thinking about all of my to-dos when I'm literally reading about an assassin in a freaking fairy tale universe. You know what I mean? I I can't be thinking about my to-dos when I'm figuring out whose head she's about to, you know, cut off, which I'm reading Crown of Midnight right now, if you can't tell. Um, So I love books for that reason, because not because of heads being cut off, but because I love books because I am able to just immerse myself into an alternate reality. And my mind is, it's like one of the only times where my mind is totally wiped of, you know, what I need to be doing or what I could be doing or should be doing. So that's why I appreciate reading so much, but I also really enjoy things like cooking and baking, going on walks, that kind of thing. But reading is probably the most beneficial to me when it comes to mental rest and recharging. And the next tip is to streamline what you can. Streamlining things is so important for really slowing down. I think that so many of us are a lot more inefficient with our daily routines and with our day-to-days than we think we are. And I've talked about this before in a podcast episode, but it's been a long time since I mentioned it, so I'm going to mention it again to remind you all and even remind myself. If you know you have errands to run, do them all in one outing. Do not run, I mean, unless you literally can't because of the timing of places being open and everything, I get it. But to the extent you're able to, run all of those errands in one outing. Do not spread the errands out over consecutive days where you are like having to leave your house and drive nearly the same route to go to a place to do something. Because think of how much time you're wasting having to sit in traffic to, you know, leave and go somewhere and then come back when you could just be leaving once, getting all those errands done and then coming back once. And you're saving yourself so much extra time during the week. And I think that streamlining your errands in that sense um, as much as you can is a great thing to do and for example this is actually a perfect example of this I ran out of yogurt and fruit yesterday and I eat a yogurt bowl every single day and I, I crave it if I don't have it I'm like going feral and I ran out yesterday and I knew that I would want some today so last night For a split second, I was planning on going to the grocery store after dinner to go pick up the yogurt and fruit. Well, I really, once I finished cooking dinner, it was like 7.30, the Astros had started playing and I wanted to watch the game and I was like, gosh, it's already dark. I really don't want to go out in the dark. 
and go to the grocery store, but I really wanted to make sure I had the yogurt and fruit because I had ran out. And I was really about to go to the grocery store knowing that, you know, oh, wait, I could just go tomorrow morning before work. So what did I do instead? Okay, I went and worked out this morning as I usually do. And after I worked out, I went to the grocery store, picked up my yogurt and fruit, and I also had some Amazon returns I needed to make at Whole Foods. So since I knew I was only picking up those, you know, two or three groceries, and I also wanted to get a coffee out because I don't really like let myself get coffee out that often anymore. And yesterday I got paid. So I was like, you know what? I deserve to get a flipping coffee. So I was like, we're going to go get our yogurt and fruit. We're going to get a coffee and we're going to make these Amazon returns all at one place. And I just did knocked out three errands in one trip. Whereas if I would have gone to the grocery store last night, I would have still had to go today to make those Amazon returns. And I would have been going to a grocery store to do so because I always do my Amazon returns at Whole Foods. So you see what I mean? I just like really streamlined that errand by doing all three of those things at once. And I think the reason why so many of us are so inefficient is because we just don't think ahead like that. And something that's really bamboozling to me as an adult is I have really realized how everybody, you know, truly doesn't think the same. And I am somebody that I'm always thinking next step, the next thing ahead. How can I optimize, which it's an exhausting way to live. And I'm really like trying to not be this way, but it's a part of me doing this episode. It's undoing the need to be busy and undoing the busyness. But I am truly always thinking of how can I, you know, optimize what I have to do in the next two days. Is there a way that I can bundle these things together, kill two birds with one stone, whatever. I'm always thinking like that. But I have just realized with being an adult and, you know, with when I spend time with like my family or if I spend time with friends and even with my fiance sometimes, I realize that not everybody thinks that way. And like a lot of times we're creating inefficiencies in our life and we don't even realize it. So, you know, streamline as much as you can. And really, is there any area of your life that you feel that you can cut back on in terms of the amount of times you do it or the amount of time you spend doing it? And you don't have to entirely eliminate something from your schedule or your plate. It doesn't have to be like an all or nothing type of thing. You can totally just cut back a little bit in an area. So maybe, for example, you're currently driving 30 minutes to go to a gym or a workout class and spending a good hour, two hours there, but you're really lacking when it comes to having quality time in your friendships and relationships or showing up for yourself with your me time. Is there a way that you could maybe find a similar workout or in a workout that you enjoy just as much closer to yourself so you're not having to do, you know, like an hour of commuting a day on top of being there for so long so that you can, you know, just reprioritize and reallocate some of that time to doing other things that you would like to put more time and effort into. Or, you know, another example, can you switch to doing your groceries as curbside pickup orders every week instead of taking the time to walk through the grocery store? The grocery store that I go to it's an H-E-B and I'm like 99.99999% sure it's the largest and busiest H-E-B in the state of Texas. So you can just imagine, um, for lack of a better word, how much of a shit show it is because it is, no matter what time of day I go to this H-E-B, it is slammed. It's slammed. It takes me longer to literally get through and into a parking spot, like get through the parking lot and get into a parking spot than it takes me to get to this flipping H-E-B sometimes. And I've gone at like two o'clock on a Monday. I've gone, the only time that it hasn't been absolutely terrible has been like seven o'clock on a Friday night. 
and that's the only time I've gone where it's been kind of normal. Any other time, it's hell, and I hate it. So what do I do? I do curbside grocery orders because it would take me so much longer to get groceries every week, and it would be such a freaking annoying process if I was walking through that slammed grocery store every single day trying to get my groceries and, you know, getting in traffic jams in the aisles, and it's it literally would take probably an hour and a half for me to do my grocery shopping, whereas with curbside, it's 30 minutes max. And that's including the time it takes to get to and from the store. So that's a way that I have, you know, streamlined and made my life more efficient so that I can create more time in my schedule to do things that help me slow down. And the more you can streamline things, you'll be able to create more time for yourself to intentionally slow down and you'll just have more time to rest in general as well. But eliminating the unnecessary from your routine is just so great because it can create that time for you that you wouldn't otherwise have. So the last thing is to eliminate the need to be busy and detach busyness from your worth and how you measure success. I know the whole girl boss and hustle culture era was just very toxic and damaging to a lot of people. I think it was especially very toxic and damaging to people who were like in late high school at the time, who were in college at the time, and then people who were probably like early in their careers, like in their 20s or early 30s especially those three groups, I think it impacted the most. I feel like the peak of hustle culture and the toxic productivity and all of that stuff, the peak of all of that was like early college and really honestly all of college for me, but I think it really, really peaked like late in high school for me and then early college. And it was like, I just remember reading like self-help books that were just all about, you know, being, you know, these being a person who just does it all and all these things and it was like so inspiring and then now in hindsight I'm like I don't want to be that person like I have there's one thing I know for certain in life I don't want to be that person that you know does it all and does it all all the time and just you know brags about it like that like no that's I know if anybody is doing a lot that something is there, there's a compromise there, you know, like something, there's a sacrifice. It's not like you're just doing it all and everything is thriving. No, if somebody is doing a lot of things, there is 1000% something in their life that is less than good and like less than the standard and is just not prioritized the way it should be. And for me, it's my social life, honestly and truly. Like I have little to no social life. I probably do something social once a month if I'm lucky Um, and outside of that, I, you know, am working on YouTube channel, podcasts, spending quality time with my fiance because I probably, people probably hear me say I don't have a social life and they think that I'm one of those girls that only spends time with their fiance, but no, like we have to have conversations all the time about Abby, you need to stop working. You need to shut off. You need to literally detach yourself from this for a little bit. So it's not so much, you know, just like hi and bye and unintentional time spent together and, so we can spend more time together that is intentional and do things like that. But I, unfortunately, in the season of life, that's just the way it is. And I'm kind of just having to accept that that's how things are right now. But, you know, my hope is that once wedding planning is done and once I figure out my career in my life, I would, there's never going to be a moment I figure it out. But once I sort of get a better idea of what I want to do, career-wise and, you know, maybe make some changes and just get better about prioritizing, like, work-life balance and not being so spread thin, then, yeah, I'll probably have a better social life. But it also has to do with, you know, where you live. If I 
when I, when my friends and I, when we lived in the same apartment building, when we first moved here, we saw each other at least once a week. So I had my social life was thriving a lot more then, but I also wasn't planning a wedding then. So, you know what I mean? Like there's just, there's so many trade-offs and it's just the whole busyness thing. I really just don't jive with it. And I know I sit here and I say all the time, I'm so busy, but I seriously am not meaning it in a bragging way or like a please pity me way because I obviously am doing it to myself but really the point I'm trying to make here is you need to eliminate the need to be busy and really just there you need to get to a point where you see your schedule and you aren't judging your worth or how good your day was or how successful you think you are based off of how busy your schedule is. And if we're trying to be objective, which, you know, people will probably disagree with us still, what do you think is better? Somebody who is busy 24-7 and doesn't have time for the people in their lives or themselves but has a very prestigious job and appears to get a lot done but is actually extremely burnt out and on the brink of losing it from operating in fight or flight mode 24-7 every day or somebody who doesn't overbook for the sake of keeping a stacked schedule and has more balance and leads a less stressful life because they have that better balance. I don't know about you, but I think the latter is um, a lot better in my opinion if we're saying one is better or worse. So, which I know that, you know, that's not necessarily comparing super similar things, but at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that you know, not overbooking yourself for the sake of being busy and just to feel, to, to derive worth from the busyness. If that's what you're doing, you know, you're doing it for the wrong reasons at the end of the day. And like I said, I know I talk a lot about being busy and I, I really do not wear it like a badge of honor at all. If anything, I'm a little embarrassed and ashamed by how much I do prioritize work because it's something that I'm trying to, you know, actively undo a little bit, not undo, but I'm just kind of trying to, you know, scale it back a little bit. And I think that there was a point where I was conditioned to believe that busyness meant I was a better person. I was going to be a more successful person. I was more productive, etc. And I think that that was kind of really instilled in me in high school inadvertently through just the competitive nature of my high school. I think that a lot of us, you know, when we were talked to by guidance counselors about, you know, how important it was to load your schedule with AP and DE courses, we all took it a little too seriously. And, you know, we were taking seven AP and DE courses on top of like playing sports and everything. And that sort of led to us having this constant busyness and always studying and always you know, having to be working to be, you know, at the top of the class. And a lot of, a lot of that need was there for a reason for me, you know, like I was busting my butt because I needed to get a full ride if I wanted to leave my hometown to go to college. So there was, you know, a reason I was doing all of that. But in hindsight, you know, I I couldn't separate my worth from that busyness and from that productivity and from that, those um, accolades that I was, you know, receiving as a result of overbooking myself, being busy and working really hard. And because, you know, I wasn't able to separate that worth, I kind of went into college with very unhealthy 
working habits and an unhealthy relationship with just like grades and schoolwork. And I had to kind of unlearn a lot of that once I got to college and realized, you know, okay, it's not going to be as easy in high school. Not that high school was necessarily easy, but had to unlearn a lot of things like that. And also just had to relearn, you know, how to prioritize my time because I would book overbook myself in college all the time. And I would make myself busy just for the sake of being busy. But if it's busyness for the sake of being busy, then that's just foolish because the reasoning and the why behind your business, busyness isn't truly serving a purpose at the end of the day. And the busyness that I'm living in right now in my current lifestyle with, you know, planning a wedding and kind of like working two jobs and everything like that, it serves a purpose. And I don't integrate things in my routine or schedule that just make me busy for the sake of being busy. Whereas in the past, I may would have, you know, tried to work ahead on things or create to do's solely for the sake of feeling like I was being productive. Or maybe if I had a slower season um, for YouTube or something, I would use that as an opportunity to like try and jumpstart into something new with content creation because I felt like I needed to keep myself busy when in reality, you know, there's going to be slow seasons for everything. So it's just important to remember, you know, you're not going to get a trophy for being the busiest. You are literally just robbing yourself of balance and proper rest and practically guaranteeing yourself burnout if you are striving for a certain level of busyness or if you're just trying to be busy for the sake of being busy. And if that's what you want, then you know, congrats. I hope it works out for you. But I truly just think that there's a a lot of us, I think that are, you know, around my age, give or take some years. I think that there was a period of time where like the hustle culture and the toxic productivity was very rampant on social media. And we sort of accidentally ended up tying so much of our worth into how much, how booked our days were, how busy our days were and everything like that. But the reality is, you know, we're all going to go through seasons of life where we are overbooked. We're going to go through seasons of life where we just feel like things are moving at the rate of a flipping caterpillar and we're not getting anywhere. And that's just life. You know, I know I'm in a busy season of life right now and, but I know my busyness is serving a purpose. You know, all the wedding planning, it's serving the purpose of me getting married and marrying the love of my life. And all of the work I'm putting into my content creation and having the podcast, it fills this massive void that my day job leaves in me at the end of the day you know like it it I feel like I'm creating value and I feel so much intrinsic value from the content I create and it fulfills me my day job does not fulfill me but my day job is ultimately you know thankfully I am able to pay for a lot of things because of my content creation I'm absolutely so grateful for that but at the same time you know my full-time job is providing me you know, invaluable experience that I couldn't really get elsewhere. And it's, you know, kickstarting my career and giving me a wealth of knowledge that I wouldn't be getting elsewhere. And it's serving a purpose. So each of the things I'm doing is serving a purpose for the season of life I'm currently in, but not all of them are going to be forever things. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be planning a wedding for forever. Who knows if I'm going to, you know, be doing being a content creator for forever. I hope I am for forever, but you know, it may look different now than it's going to look five years from now. You know, things may change up a little bit and platforms may change or the frequency I post may change. And I may not be, you know, working for a ginormous company for forever. You know what I mean? So things are just going to change and we have seasons of busyness, but it's just important to remember that your worth is not attached to that busyness. And, you know, it's, it's just so funny to me because I... I knew all of this about myself with the issues I had with 
the toxic productivity and the hustle culture and just doing too much and burning myself out. And I went into a profession and a company and really just like a overall profession in general that literally does nothing but glorifies the overbooked and over busy people and just runs them absolutely dry. So it's been hard for me because, you know, I'm the first person to become a victim to, you know, being overexploited by, you know, the working hours and everything and being taken advantage of in that sense because the way big four accounting is and like consulting, you know, it's going to squeeze all the living juice out of anybody that it can and it's going to take everything out of you because like you will give and give and give but at the end of the day that's just like the nature of the job and having to learn that, you know, just because our ratings and our performance feedback a part of it is based on you know your utilization at work which is you know how many hours you're charging the clients I have had to remind myself that that does not define me so many times because I'm like you know what there are nights where I'm working until 1 a.m 2 a.m there are nights when I have to cancel plans because something came up last minute at work and I have to attend to it right away even if it's a Friday night at seven o'clock and things like that happen and I have to remind myself, you know, like you aren't like this isn't something to necessarily be proud of, but also, you know, this isn't defining your worth and like this, you are not your job. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. And I know that me dropping everything to sort of have my life revolve around my job on those days where I'm working really late and everything, it's just a nature, it's the nature of the job, unfortunately. But I'm having to remind myself, you know, this is why it's important to set boundaries because when you don't have them, that's what ends up happening and that's what you end up doing. And to an extent, you know, you can't control it to an extent, I guess you should you should say, because I can't necessarily be like, no, I'm not doing this or no, I'm not going to stay up and do this because, you know, if there's a deadline, you're not going to screw your entire team over by just choosing not to do it. But you get what I'm saying. So ultimately, it's just a, it's a pretty toxic um culture I guess in this profession but every profession has its toxicity you know what I mean it just looks different depending on what you're doing so me saying that I'm not sitting here saying like this is the only profession that's this way or you know accounting is the only thing that experiences that kind of toxicity because I know that's not true and you know truly every job has its you know toxic points and toxic parts I guess you could say but that is everything I have for this week's episode and how I am trying to really just find and prioritize not find really prioritize slowness and being intentional with slowness in a very busy lifestyle and I hope it helps you all as you go into the holidays and just a busier season of life because I know it is going to be a busier season of life for most of us so I hope it is helpful for you all and you can really just sit with some of these tips and remind yourself of them when things get really busy and you really feel the need to slow down and just take some time for yourself so Hope y'all enjoyed it and be sure to follow In Bloom Podcast on Instagram. It's always in the show notes as well as me on Instagram if you want to keep up with my personal Instagram account. And I also upload on YouTube once a week as well if you enjoy my content and want some video form content. And be sure to leave a review and I will talk to you all next week.